Children's Church can be dismissed at this time. As they are heading out, uh, we welcome you all this morning. As has been mentioned, uh, it's just a great looking crowd today. Praise God. Um, Dr. Barbara and I were just commenting in the back. Uh, it, it's good to see. I know many of you are, are finding your way back to us. We've got some visitors with us today. We hope you can feel welcome uh, here at Community Baptist Church. And again, it's just good to see uh, folks gathering back in uh, to worship together. So praise God for that. Take your Bibles. Let's go to the book of Philippians. If you need a Bible, there should be one there in the pew in front of you. And uh, we would encourage you to take one of those. Uh, by the way, if you are visiting, please take time to fill out a visitor card. And you can just drop that in the offering plate on the way out it's, uh, next to the door. And uh, that way we'll have a record of your visit. We'd love to be able to keep you informed of uh, things that will be coming up in the months ahead. And, of course, if you transition into summer, we have a little bit of a different schedule. And so we can kind of let you know uh, what that might look like. And so we certainly appreciate you choosing to be with us today. Uh, we are continuing our book study through the book of Philippians. And uh, guys, there are times in your ministry where you just, I mean, you, you know, you pray every week, you trust every week, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Let me, let this be a message delivered of your power, your strength. But there's sometimes when you're studying uh, as a pastor and you're, you're unfolding the message for the week and it's just like God is all in this. And uh, as was mentioned uh, from Randall, we took a group, uh, there was supposed to be about 10 of us, and, and I realized uh, some folks, God bless you, Robin Q, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I realized some weren't able to make it, and uh, completely understand that. But I'm going to say, for those of us that were able to be there, man, it was such a refreshing time. Uh, it, it was called a Revitalized Conference. And specifically, the conference was how we, as a healthy church, how can we come alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ who, who maybe their church is struggling? Maybe, maybe their church is on the brink of dying out. COVID's kind of dealt them a, a, a final blow punch, so to speak. And so how might we be able to come alongside them and help them? And it also gave us some information and tools for us as a healthy church. How can we continue to grow even stronger? How might we revitalize? Because, again, we're in a walk, guys. Every single one of us is individual Christians. Don't think we've arrived. We haven't. Right? Look in the mirror. That's, that, that's the way I remind myself. Um, I don't know how you remind yourself. but uh, So we all need that encouragement. We all need that growth. And so we have the opportunity this week to get away. And one of the things that happened this week was I, I kind of shared um, some things that have been on this pastor's heart. And I was thankful for this group of men that I could confide in and kind of share what I believe God has been doing for some time here in our midst um, for, for a number of years. And how I see God directing us and leading us as a congregation. And, and so we were just talking about some of these things. And I come back this week, and as I dove, uh, dove into the scriptures and get to study even more, I began to do a word study, and one of the words that we'll bring out in our message today was a word that I kept using over and over with these guys. I'll tell you when we get there. But it was just one of those moments where I had to just sit in my office and, and praise God. Because I didn't even know that's where we were going to be this Sunday. God knew. And yet, for how long he's been preparing my heart and, and encouraging me and leading me, and yet... You know how it is in life. It's three steps forward, two steps back. It's two steps forward, three steps back. And, and that's, look, the ministry is tough. Um, being a Christian in our day is tough. But what else would we expect? When we look at our Lord and Savior and look at who He is and what He, and, 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 and again, recognizing who He is and yet knowing what He went through here. In the flesh. Why would we expect any less? But my heart was encouraged. And, and so I trust that as we look at the text today, that I really believe God has something special for us today um, in, in, in regards to this study. It's relevant. It's exactly what Community Baptist Church needs. Uh, it's what many of you, because I'm, I recognize some of your own individual struggles. So, so I recognize for some of you the information that I know about what you're facing. This is fine. 
So please, to sit here today, hear what the Spirit has to say to your church. Look, if you would, in the Word of God today as we begin our reading in verse, let's look in chapter 4, chapter 4, and the text is going to be 2 to 7, but let's go ahead and read verse 1, and that kind of picks up from where we were last week. So let's look, if you would, chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my beloved, and longed for bread, my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Verse 2. I am Lord, Yodia. I am Lord, Sintica, to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion. Help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace surpasses all understanding. Will guard your hearts and minds with questions. Father, we will. Again, reminded this week the importance of prayer. Too often times corporately we neglect that. If you look at any church and we're never. The most important thing in our in our walk is, is prayer. The freedom, the liberty, the grace needed to come to you at any time into your presence to seek your face, to ask and seek and not make our our requests known, to lay our burdens, to align with you and your will. I'm a prayer, or yet we neglect that as over time. Look at the prayer meetings across the landscape, churches. Lord, forgive us our failing in the area of corporate prayer. Give us a heart and a burden to gather corporately to begin to come together and see how desperately we need that. Men and women who long to come for the purpose of seek your leadership, to ask for your wisdom, to ask for your direction, for your life. Your work will lead us for all answers. Desiring to be used, that would be our prayer. You would simply Lord, it's too often times that we can look at one another and find the flaws, find the weaknesses, find the shortcomings. Lord, too often times the differences can divide us. What I'm reminded in this text reading today and in the time of study, how important again it is to put find the peace. But we live in a day where peace is great. It is so Lord, let us lay aside the difference. Let us labor together for the cause of Christ. Unite our hearts under your headship. Lord, may we walk in the word of Jesus' name. Amen. Imagine if you would for a second. You're sitting in church, and the pastor. Calls you out. 
because of some contention. Been having a little tizzy, a little spat with one another. I mean, I can promise you, I'll probably, probably be here the next week. Because <laughs> some of you would do a real good job of trying to run me out of town if that were to happen. I mean, think about it for a minute. Listen, now, I'm gonna, now listen, there's no spatting between these ladies, but for, for, for illustration's sake, because some of you keep confusing Yoda with Yoda. <laughs> and, and that's not the same person. No, this is a lady in the text, and, and, and Syntica. So let's just imagine for a second. I've called you all together today to read this letter from, let's imagine, to transport back to in time. The Apostle Paul sent us a letter to church, church at LaGrange. And he says to Community Baptist Church, imagine I begin to read this letter in the midst of this crowd. I beg you, Rhonda and Tammy, because they're sisters. All right, now again, don't go. Don't go there, guys, all right? But can you imagine for a second, in all seriousness, though, in all seriousness, this was read aloud. I'm begging you, Rhonda. I'm begging you, Tammy. And I urge the true companions, the rest of you, help these women. Lord, help these women. I mean, but this is what it says, right? I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. This is what's in the scriptures forever. <laughs> I mean, y'all be mad just for just for one little comment, like, but this is forever recorded. Then we're having a little disagreement. Oh, I love the fact that God does not record what the disagreement was. I think there's a lot of man, we could just chew on that right there and walk away from it and say, Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We don't know what the spat was over. But you know what? We don't need to know what the spat was over. But I want you to notice what we do need to know. It continues on and he says, look, these women who labored with me in the gospel. Man, don't we sometimes get distracted by the enemy? I mean, look at society today. You're either right wing, left wing, I mean, chicken wing, whatever. We're, you know, they divide us. The enemy divides us. He tries to divide us in our homes, in our marriages. He tries to divide us between parent and children. The enemy tries his best to divide us as a nation, as a country. He tries to divide us as a church. Yodia and Syntica are not each other's enemy. They are sisters in Christ. And sometimes we need a reminder of these people in the pews beside you. This pastor up here in front of you is not your enemy. We are co-laborers for the gospel. Amen. We can't lose sight of that. So Paul here reminds us today, we got an outline to take in those. Here's where the Lord will we're going. Paul's plea to the reader, and that's us today. Paul's plea to the reader is to reunite. That's for you, Zach. I'm sorry. I get that. <laughs> reunite. We'll see that in verses two to three. He's pleading with these ladies. Reconcile. I'm begging you. Reconcile. Reunite. We're going to look at also rejoice, verses 4 and 5, and then our third point, which we'll probably not get to today, but is request. Paul is pleading with the reader to reunite, to rejoice, to rejoice, and to request. Again, we talked about prayer in this week's conference, and again, what a great reminder, and, and, and I'm thankful Brother Paul uh, pulled me aside after Randall shared, and we talked a little bit, and, and we had prayed this week, and, and uh, prayer concerns had gone out in regards to a, a friend of his, and his mother was not looking good, it looked like she very well may pass, and he shared with me just a little while ago in the hallway, and answered prayer that mom had, that this lady has seemed to respond, and is now home, and seems to be talking, and they're, they're, there's a good turn. Praise God. 
And God doesn't always answer the prayer that way, does he not? Sometimes his answer is yes. In the moment, yes, we cry out to him. He says, okay, yes. And sometimes he says, no. That, that's not my way. I know what you want, child. I know this is what you're longing for. And I hear your plea and I hear your cry. But as we learn in Sunday school, you need to trust me. Sometimes when the answer is no, we have a hard time trusting God. Because, hey, we know better, right? If this would be so much better, God, if you just do it my way. <clears throat> Prayer is not about us getting our way. Prayer is about us getting on God's way. It's about us lining up under God's will. God's will be. Sometimes he says, right, wait. Not now. We'll talk a little bit about this section when we get there on prayer and the request uh, that we need to make known. Because God says, hey, I want you to make known your request. I want you to pray. Reunite. Now, I realize this is Community Baptist Church, so we would never have any kind of issues such as Yodias and Syntychus. <clears throat> but just imagine if we did. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're all perfect people. Y'all got it together. I just, I know that, right? <laughs> As Gail elbows you. <laughs> We do marital counseling here, by the way, if anybody is. <laughs> Y'all remember this? Yeah, yeah. You remember this thing? It's like Sweep the Nation in like 2018, 2019. And this thing showed up everywhere. So if, if there was a meme of the day, this would be Yodia and Zinnigan. All right? It's a cat fight. I don't know. Um, <laughs> thank you, Mark, for getting it. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> The ladies' names, Yoda and Sintica, this is the translation, sweet and friendly. Now, how funny is that? <laughs> That's what their names mean. I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up. Yoda is sweet smell. And Biden didn't give her that name, but anyway, I saw it. That was terrible. All right. That was terrible. <laughs> The other's name was Sintica. Her name is Friendly. Now, we don't know much about these women, right, uh, uh, or the nature of this dispute, but I can promise you, sweet smell and friendly weren't very sweet or very friendly to each other. There's a dispute going on. Kind of break it down into some modern understanding. Here's some alternate readings of this passage. Lightfoot says it this way. It's the way he, he uh, uh, wrote, he kind of um, translated this, this paragraph, this sentence. I appeal to Yoda, and I appeal to Sintica to give up their differences and live in peace. The NLT, New Living Translations movie, may have that says, and now I want to plead with those two women. Yoda and Sintica, please. Because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. I mean, doesn't that say it all, guys? I mean, that, that, do you hear the heart of Paul in this? Paul's writing this from prison. The guy's chained up, he's under house arrest. And, and again, we don't know what the disagreement is, but it, it isn't the disagreement whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in a relationship with uh, you know, former friends, or whether it's church members, or, or again, political, but whatever the case is, too often times the seeming conflict is just a distraction. It doesn't amount to a whole lot. You guys have heard our story many times. Um, my wife and I's first spat was over laundry. Yeah, I mean, really? Over laundry? Now, we had a, we had a spat when we were dating, but that didn't count because, you know, we're not married. But uh, that was over Wendy's, or what was the other place we were going to go eat? Anyway. Yeah. You know, see, that's what I'm saying. We don't remember. Typically, that's the case. Sometimes, you know, with the Hatfields and the McCoys, you kind of lose sight of what were we fighting about the first Oh, yeah, I don't know what it was, right? Phillips translated this way, Yodas and Sintica. I beg you, by name, to make up your differences as Christians should. 
Do you realize, guys, that, again, this is our responsibility. We are bringing a message to the world about be reconciled to God. You are enemies of God, but there's a way to be reconciled. And how are you and I supposed to hold forth the word of life when we can't even reconcile our differences over the color of the carpet or Wendy's or Bojangles? I mean, I don't know, you know. And so I'm thankful that God puts this in his word again to remind us all what is important. What is priority? And I promise you the, the most important thing is our relationship with Christ and making that relationship available to whosoever will let The gospel. And we're in this together. Don't lose sight. Don't get distracted by the various differences that, that plague us, the circumstances that spring up to, to try and derail us because we've got a mission. Community Baptist Church, we still have a calling upon this church family, and it is to make the gospel known. Christians at war with each other cannot be at peace with their heavenly father. Quite Pentecostal. Right? I mean, clearly, Christians at war with each other cannot be at peace with their heavenly father. God bless you. I mean, we lose sight of this. D.A. Carson said, the verb that is used here for this unity, this agreement of mind, because again, look at the text. It says, I implore you and I implore Syndicate to be of the same mind in the Lord. I want to underline that phrase. Be of the same mind in the Lord. You're not going to do this in your strength. I'm not going to do this in my strength. We're not going to set aside our differences apart from doing it inside Christ. And so the verb that's used here, D.A. Carson writes this, is that's used for unity. This agreement of mind is used again and again and again in Philippians. This isn't anything new. We've been studying this book for a while. You're telling me, preacher. What's this, year or two? All right, enough already. <laughs> the idea here is we need to reunite the sake of the gospel. We need to reunite in the Lord. We need to be of the same mind. It's found in Philippians 2. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Same verb. Paul's already told us this, guys. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Community Baptist Church, how vital is it for us to be like-minded? We've got to be on the same page. Well, I don't like that page. Well, I'm sorry you don't like that page. But this is the page in which God is leading us to be on. Get on board. God's desire here in this passage is no doubt to deal with a hard attitude. Because we know how it is. You know, we're, we're all little children at heart, right? We dig in our heels. You know, I'm going to take my ball and go play in my yard. You know, this looks a little different on the bigger, you know, scale here <laughs> adults. Having the same love. Being one in spirit and purpose. Found that in Philippians 2 also. Let me read that again. The same verb used, having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. Church, do you understand why it's vital that we are one in purpose? And what is that purpose? The gospel and making disciples. That's our purpose. Sharing Christ. In other words, Paul is appealing for a kind of mental attitude that adopts the same direction as other believers. 
the same fundamental aim, the same orientation and priorities, and these are gospel priorities. Now I realize for some of you, the field of dreams may not be a part of your radar. You, you may not even care for sport. You, you may not even know. You say, I, I don't know anything about hitting a home run through the goalpost. <laughs> so, hey, that's, that's fine. You, you don't have to understand those things, all right? But what, Community Baptist Church, we need to understand is this is a ministry that God has set before us, and this is a ministry that God is providing for us, and this is a direction that he is leading this church, and we need to get in line and get on board and support it for the sake of reaching the lost. It's not about this or that. It's about Christ. It's about honoring him. And he's the God who's established order. He's the head of this church. And I don't know about you, but I want to go where he's leading me. We've got to collectively get our hearts and attitudes behind this thing. We've got to work together in this ministry opportunity. Because I don't want to stand before God in that day and know that he brought us a niche. He brought us an opportunity that sets us apart from any other ministry in this area for his namesake. And because I prefer to do something different, or I didn't think that was what was best for us, that we derailed that train. Lord, help me be obedient. Help me to follow. Though none else will go with me, still I will follow. We can either be the Sintikas and Yodas over these kind of things, and that's just one example, guys. There's, there could be other examples, right? It could be examples in your, in your job. It could be examples in your marriage. It could be examples in your friendships. I don't know what those, those kind of things can be. But as we'll see in the closing part of this section, how important it is to seek God to find the peace that passes all. Now, I'm at peace with God's time. Right? I'll make that real clear. If God says stop, we stop. If God says go, we go. These are the kind of things that, that, that we must do if we want to follow faithfully. But I believe that just as Paul is addressing whatever the situation is here, he reminds them of the priority, and the priority is the gospel. Let me give you an example, a word picture. Uh, again, read this text. I am for Yodia, I am for Sintika, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Let me give you a word picture of what this looks like. Be of the same mind. You've heard an orchestra. You've heard people sing, I love to hear my girls sing. And when mom and when she jumps in and they sing and they harmonize. There is nothing in that. I mean, I just love to hear harmony. It's beautiful. Singing the various parts, right? This is the idea here. The, the idea in this word picture of what Paul is calling for. This is what Paul is calling us to, church. Hear the beautiful music of this harmony. Harmony represents the combination of simultaneous musical notes and chord, producing a pleasing or congruent arrangement. The Greeks had a separate word for harmony, symphonia, although it is not the word used here from which we derive our English word symphony. Paul desires that even though these two believers are different instruments, again, nobody's trying to make you a trombone when you're a piano, right? Nobody's trying to make you a tuba when you're a flute, right? Paul's desire is that even though these two believers are different instruments or are playing different notes, so to speak, they should seek to come together in the Lord and produce a symphony rather than a cacophony. Danielle probably knows that word. Cacophony. You eat your, your musical people. You probably, I was like, what's a cacophony? <laughs> That's what I said. Cacophony is, a cacophony is actually harshness in the sound of words or phrases. Um, 
So we want a symphony. We don't want a cacophony. In other words, unity in the first. Let me say that again. Unity in the first. And guys, we can do that. That's what Paul is calling for here. He, he's wanting there to be harmony. Notice what verse 3 says. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. It's noteworthy that uh, Paul explains here in, in verse 3, this, that this, again, the squabble between believers, they shared his struggle in the cause of the gospel. And that indicates these were mature believers. I mean, because let's just be honest, it's the mature believer that's out there on the front line. These ladies were front line. These were, these were leaders in, in their own right within the body of Christ. They were active in helping Paul. They were actively involved in the ministry of the gospel at Philippi. Now, some have speculated these are probably some of those ladies. Remember when we, we did the, the intro of this book study? Remember they found the ladies down at the riverside because there's not enough men in that community to have a synagogue. And so when Paul happens down to where the Jews were gathered, there was a bunch of ladies. And one of the ladies ended up uh, hosting at her house the, the first Bible study. Philippian jailer, his family, they all kind of joined there at Philippi. Probably these ladies are, are probably some of those ladies. So, so they had a big uh, influence in what was going on in that local church. And so it's not like these are immature uh, believers. These were mature believers, but yet they too get sucked into, as it doesn't matter who you are, you can get sucked into these squabbles. And spiritual maturity does not guarantee freedom from the manifestations of the flesh nature. That resides in every belief. But notice again what he says here. By the way, that word true companion, some believe that might have been a name. So imagine this way. And I urge you also, Randall, help these women who labored with me in the gospel. With Mark also. Yeah, you fill in the blank. There's a lot of marks here. And the rest of my fellow workers, that's how that, that could read. And, and again, it's possible that that word true companion is actually a name for someone. Because a lot of times what would happen is when somebody would become a born-again believer, they would be at their baptism be given a new name. The early church did that. That was kind of a practice. Our homeschool is uh, named Whitestone, Whitestone Academy, right? Um, because in Revelation, it speaks to given, being given a new name written on a white stone. You, you know... Saul became Paul, right? Um, we, we recognize that, again, this was a part of Christ. So it was possible. But regardless, even what it stands for, you understand when you have a true companion, somebody who, who comes alongside you and labors with you in the gospel. That's who these people were. But notice again what Paul's pointing out. What, what is he wanting to say? Their names are in the book. These were true companions. These were fellow workers. These are born again believers. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that, don't we? When we have our differences, have our spats, never falling out, we don't see things out of eye. We got our preferences. Sometimes we need to. Take these things to the Lord and let it go. Realize. We're in this together. Our names are in the Lamb's book of life. True companions, Ron Matun says this. Paul refers to the Philippians as true yoke fellows. You know what a yoke is? A yoke fellow. Consider this picture. The word true means that which is genuine compared to that which is counterfeit. The word yoke fellow comes from the Greek word suzugos. The word means comrade, teammate, 
or fellow worker, of those united by the bond of marriage, relationship, office, labor, study, business, or the like. A comrade, a colleague, a partner. The need here is for a true friend, a yoke fellow, to intervene and help those who are quarreling. Some scholars think the word yoke fellow may be the proper name, as it was mentioned. Again, a common practice in that day. Who this person in the church was, we don't know for sure. But he was evidently respected. His name refers to the yoke or collar that was fitted around the neck of an oxen for plowing. The collar held two oxen together so they would pull the plow together and get the work done more quickly. Thus, a yoke fellow means a person who pulls and works cooperatively with others. God uses this person to bring reconciliation and peace to the church. If division rears up its ugly head, the king's treasures, treasures. The word there uh, in that sentence to help um, I urge you also true companion help these women. That word right there to help um, it, it's the word from Solomano uh, from son it's an, an, an intensifier or together with Lavano it means to take or to receive it means to take hold of together to take seas all together. It has the idea of clasping together or grasping with the hands, seizing and holding fast to someone. The present imperative calls for this to be their continual endeavor. How about this word, fellow workers, co-laborers, this idea of fellow workers. Now this is, again, the word that I spoke of at the start of my sermon. Cernagos. In doing my work study this week, this word cernagos is from sun means together. With or plus ergon means work. It describes those who work together. And you, can, can you just hear that word again? Cernagos. Sernagas. It's the origin of our English word synergy. And guys, before I even got to this text, just for the past couple of weeks, I've really been in prayerful meditation with things, and, and I began to share my heart with these guys this week. And you may remember some of the guys that were on the trip. I kept using this word synergy. I have not discovered that it's in this week's text. Can you imagine the moment, and I'm in my study, because I've been talking about the importance of how this church, we have got to come together, we've got to pull together in synergy to do the job that God has called us to do. And I believe, as your pastor, that the job he's called us to do is to expand this youth sports ministry to reach the, the place around us, because whether we like it or not, this is their language. The American society speaks sport language. And if I go into any other country as a missionary, I need to learn the culture. I need to learn how they dress. I need to learn how they act and talk. Don't take my word for it. Read all the greats. Taylor Hudson had no fruitful ministry until he actually became one like them in the sense of Paul saying, I become all things to all people that I might win some to Christ. That doesn't mean we partake of their sin. That doesn't mean that we go into settings that would cause us to stumble. You guys like it or not, even in our churches, even in our churches, families are departing on weekends for the sake of sports. They're not here. Now, I'm not against sports. I love sports. But shouldn't the sport be a platform for the gospel? Isn't your job, whatever it is that you do for a living, simply a platform for the gospel? Isn't that why God called you to where you're at in your circle of influence? Well, maybe they call me to the traveling team to be a senior. 
Again, if you want to justify it, that's your call. But my point is this. Where's the church in it? We need to be penetrating the culture. This is an opportunity to do that. And so this word synergy, I kept thinking, man, we've got to, this church is, it is not where we need to be. And, and I'll take responsibility on this because, again, I haven't fully presented to you guys what's in here and what's in here. I, I, you know, and yet, I, I, I tell you all the time, I don't read minds. But I expect you all to read mine, right? So forgive me. I've not done the best job in communicating where this plan is going and the desire that is set before us. I, I truly believe that this is an opportunity for us for the sake of the gospel. We lose sight of that point, then there's no need to do anything. Not that we, we, don't, we just need to close up shop. Let it grow back over. There's some cows out there, maybe milk. All right? We'll do better that way. But let's keep it gospel centered. Synergy. This idea of Sernagos, it's the, again, uh, uh, the, the, the coming together to work. It's where we get our English word synergy. It describes the interaction or cooperation of two or more individuals or an organization, substances, etc., to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. So if just a handful of us work on this, it's not going to be what it could be. In the fight to spread the good news, no man is an idol. The truth Paul was quick to acknowledge, even as gifted and energetic as he was. If the Apostle Paul realizes he can't do it by himself, I promise you I ain't doing it by myself. The energetic as Pastor Mark is, you've seen his videos, he ain't doing it by himself. Especially with that full of him. Notice how Paul, again, does not go into detail on the nature of the disagreement or, or who is right or wrong, but he affirms the positive aspects of these two women. They labored with Paul in the cause of the gospel. They worked with Clement and the rest of the believers in the church. They, they struggled against opposition. And they, another idea here is, is the idea of gladiators working, fighting side by side. Guys, you know what Pastor Jeremy and the deacons need? You know what Pastor Martin needs, Pastor Dean needs? We need some gladiators working alongside us. Some of you are. I thank God for you. So, we press forward as fellow laborers for the cause of Christ. But again, what do we see? He says, your names are written in the book of life. Their names are written in the book of life. In biblical times, each city had a role and that contained all the names of the individuals who had the right of citizenship. The book of life, and again, I won't, you can look up Revelation 3, 5, 13, 8, 17, and there's a whole bunch of references in Revelation. It symbolizes God's intimate knowledge of all who belong to him. Paul points out that Yodia and Syntyche are both believers, and he strongly encourages them to act like them. Well, time is giving away. I need to close this section. I want to keep here any longer than So let me give you some, some spiritual application, because we're not done bringing a conclusion yet, all right? There, there's still more here, because this is just the start of it. And isn't it great that what he puts next is rejoice? How do, you, how do you say rejoice again? I say rejoice when there's conflict. Because conflict allows the opportunity for reconciliation. I tell my young couples all the time in premarital counseling, I, you know, I don't care for the spats that will come in your marriage, but I sure love the making up part. Hey, you won't have reconciliation if you don't have the spat. So Paul says rejoice in knowing that. Rejoice in that idea. So let me give you some six rules for healthy relationships. Again, just a spiritual act here from, from this section. Uh, agree more. Argue less. <laughs> There's a novel idea. Huh? <laughs> By the way, this comes from the book of uh, Judson Edwards. Um, it, it's in his book, What They Never Told Us About How to Get Along with One Another. 
Six rules for healthy relationships. Let me run through these real quick. Listen more. Talk less. Got my homework cut out. <laughs> Produce more. Advertisements. Boots in the foot, man. Heard that phrase? Produce more. Confess more. Get worked up. And by the way, we're going to get into that last section about request worry. Some of you guys worry. Understand? Paul's going to address this. You can get worked up and worry about some stuff, right? He says, no. Place worry with prayer. Place worry with prayer. We're going to talk about it. Give more. Receive less. Examine yourself. Am I, am I a taker or a giver? When it comes to my relationships, am I, am I usually a taker? Or what help us give it? Six rules for healthy relationships. If you're writing frantically, you may want to follow Ms. Grogan's advice and take a picture. Last one, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I like that. That's good. All right, and then here's other six biblical takeaways from this section thus far. Uh, separate convictions from opinions. Dr. Carver did a fabulous job. If y'all have been to Sunday school, man, y'all need to come to Sunday school. I'm telling you, he is doing an awesome job. I appreciate the work that's happening in Sunday school. Uh, but he talked about convictions. Uh, again, sometimes we need to discern, is this, you know, opinion? Is this conviction? So learn the difference. Um, be willing to ask forgiveness. Be willing to ask forgiveness. Three, look for opportunities to show kindness in small ways. Isn't that supposed to be a marking of us as followers of Christ? We're supposed to be kind people. Pray for the success of the other person. You guys know my story. We got a guy running for the Senate in North Carolina. And I encourage you, you probably want to get behind him. Thanks, Mark Walker. Mark Walker's a good man. I was in class with Mark Walker. Mark Walker's the one you heard my story when uh, uh, it was uh, Allred, Doc Allred, said in one of those early classes, you may, you may have uh, uh, some differences with somebody in this class. You, there may be somebody in this class you don't get along with. There may be somebody in this class you don't like. I didn't know Mark Walker. I just didn't like the way he looked. I didn't like the way he carried himself. I thought he thought he was better than everybody else. Isn't that how we do? Don't know anything. Don't know a hill of beans about the person. Never walked in their shoes. Don't understand their life. Don't know anything. By the way, we, we all do that. All right? I see y'all looking at me. We all do that. <laughs> and I remember Doc always said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take next week. I want you to pray for this person by name. I don't know who it is. Maybe they're in this class. And I'll never forget. Look over my shoulder. He made eye contact. I guess I was on his list. <laughs> True story, man. And I remember, I thought, you know what? You're right. I don't know this guy. Get a break. Pray for him by name. I begin to pray for his success. Ooh, man, get the camera. But I did. I begin to pray for his success. But I'll never forget in the hallway, checking my mailbox one day, empty, school's empty, it's after hours, and we're on the corner. He says, Hey, Jeremy, how you doing? Smoke. That's never voice. Good, Mark, how are you today? Doing pretty good. I just got off work, like somebody checked my mailbox. And all of a sudden, we began a conversation. And this guy was great. He loved the Lord. He, 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 you know, we just had some things in common. We had to talk. It was really cool. I enjoyed the conversation. From that point forward, I considered Mark a friend. We actually played uh, a three-on-three basketball tournament and won! Uh, that was back in the day when I could actually walk. Uh, <laughs> good guy. Loves the Lord. It's amazing how sometimes we get caught up in these moments and what we should be doing, praying. Pray for the other person. If you're in his path, pray for the other person. Ask God to remove bitterness from your heart. That's a big one. God, help me move. I, would, I don't know. Sometimes we just don't know what it is, right? But there's something's got in there. And by the way, Scripture warns us. What will happen is we kind of get in our corner. We kind of get in our little temper tantrum type thing. Or we get in our disdain or dislike. And we feed it. 
and we get people around us who feed it, and we begin to have these little side conversations, and we feed each other. And what is actually happening is there's a seed of bitterness that's being watered, and it begins to grow. And Scripture warns us that a seed of bitterness planted in the heart can grow up and defile many. That's we got to guard our heart on that. So we ask God to remove any bitterness. If you're having struggle, Again, Lord, take it out, pluck it up. By the way, we're gardening now, and, and we're going to have to go in. And the hard work in gardening is going in and pulling out the weeds that you got to to protect the crop. Guys, we got to start in our own heart, and we need to pull the weeds back. We can do this. And last, ask a friend to hold you accountable in this area. I promise you, if you get a cooperative effort, if you get a synergy with somebody who's going to be reminded, you know what? This is not my enemy. My spouse is not my enemy. My child's not my enemy. The church member's not my enemy. The pastor's not my enemy. The, the whatever. God, let us remind, remind me. Look, their name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They're my brother. They're my sister. Let's get back to laboring together. Let us, let us be like those oxen that are pulling in the same direction. Let, us, let this be my yoke fellow. Or my yoke fellette. I don't know what you call the lady. Yeah. I hope this makes sense. Guys, let's take these thoughts to the Lord in prayer as we reflect on the importance of being reunited for the cause of Christ, for the glory of God, for the gospel. We can reach the lost and make disciples together. Father, thank you for your word. Oh, thank you. So refreshing. Lord, just this week, just again, I, I, I'm in awe. You, you, you served this meal up for this Sunday. We've been in a book study for, for over a year. We've had pauses and, and moving forwards. And, and yet, Lord, here we land right here, right now, this week, with everything that's going on in, in our country and our nation and our homes and just churches across the land. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you love us in spite of our sins. And Lord, let us be reminded in this first section of being the same mind in the Lord. May we at Community Baptist Church honor you because we're the same mind on the same page of you. And so you lead, you direct. Give the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.